G'day, g'day, g'day. Welcome to the third and greatly delayed episode of Four Dudes and a Mic. Uh, tonight you're joined by two dudes and a mic. Uh, we're missing a core component of our contingent, but we're going to soldier ahead and make the best of it as we can. Uh, we're coming to you tonight uh, on a very auspicious occasion. Uh, today is not only the first supermoon in 150 years, uh, but it's also the day I took down my Christmas lights on January 31st. So, uh, that's all I've got. How are we, guys? What's going on? <laughs> I think that's very common, though. The, the more um, I've seen more homes this year wait until the end of January to take down Christmas lights. So I don't know if if you have any. Uh, you shouldn't if you have any feelings of shame about that. I I think it's it's become more and more widely accepted. I'm more in the boat of just leave those things up all year. <laughs> like, I, like don't take them down like who cares like i live in just, i live in larchmont so it's going to come up on next door pretty soon if they don't come down uh oh my gosh but, that's uh, so I, stupid i did leave up the clips so uh, if you look closely at the facade of my house there's the clips there ready for next year but you know, so you're just like clip and go you're yeah, good, to go. good to go man but in my defense you know we've had had like i don't know nine or ten really cold days in the last 31 days and that's really just throwing my whole month off Dude, cold days are the worst days. I hate the cold. I hate it. I hate it so much. It's the worst. My um, when I go outside without gloves, I mean, my hands. I'm looking at them right now, and they are, oh my gosh, they are terrible. You should take a before picture and then put some kind of miracle lotion on them. <laughs> what happens with because your, they are so cracked and dry? What happens with your well, hands? They're just so they're just so cracked and dry, and it feels like when I go outside, they're freezing from the outside in. It's like they're actually going to turn into icicles on cold days. Really, I never so had a, any a normal issue. A, a smart person would say, "Hey, idiot, buy some gloves." Right? Oh, I didn't want to be that but, guy, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I turned up to work the other day, and we're out checking the helicopter, and I looked over at my paramedic partner, and and his hands were legitimately purple. I mean, like he could have been the the White Walker sort of thing, but uh, you know he pulled through. His hands were his hands were purple. Yeah, like legitimately purple, like Barney the dinosaur sort of color. Man, anyway, that's uh, <laughs> yeah. We've really derailed here. Uh, we got uh, we got tired of like cold weather. We're getting colder. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Let's try and steer this back to a warmer spot. Hey, uh, lads, what's going on since last time we convened our quorum here? Mike, tell us what's happened in your life. Well, we had a kid. So I, last time we thought that my wife was in labor, which she wasn't, but, you know, so they had to induce her. So we had a kid. So she went full term and then some. Had a kid and then that's really been about it. I started my own podcast out of my own because I just wanted to talk, ramble on about more stuff. So if people didn't like what I say on here, they have another avenue of things to not like about what I have to say on another podcast. And then, uh, you know, the Patriots are in the Super Bowl again. So, I mean, that's kind of different. <laughs> <laughs> but really, life's just been – that's really been about it. I mean, the you know, okay. having a kid was a change. All right. Well, hang on. Let's break a couple of these things down real quick. So, I've got two follow-up questions for you. First off, okay. what's the best piece of unsolicited advice you've had since Shane was born? The best piece of unsolicited advice? Yeah, like eye roll worthy. Not, uh, not. I don't want to hear, actually, that's really good advice. That was helpful. Thank you. I want to hear. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Well, honestly, no one's, not really many people have given me unsolicited advice because I think they've heard me be really cynical about that enough to know to like, don't even say it to me. 
leading up to the actual <laughs> birth of my child. So no one's actually come up to me and given me unsolicited advice yet, right. which has been which has been awesome. So well, um, I think our listeners need to tweet unsolicited advice in then. John, what's our Twitter hack? Do you remember? I think it's Four Dudes Mike. Okay, at Four Dudes Mike, send uh, Stemley your best unsolicited advice. Regarding Please the send it to me. And when you send that unsolicited advice, I will make sure to respond with an equally unsolicited smart-ass comment. From, from his own Twitter handle, not from, yeah, not from the from Four my Dudes own company. Twitter handle. I'll make sure it's my own Twitter feed. And, It'll uh, be awesome. And speaking of you uh, talking about things, tell us a little bit about your podcast. You know, Sell that for a minute. Give the listeners an idea. Oh, yeah. Let's just get it up there. Well, it's just me interviewing people. And the idea behind it is just like talking to everyday people and about their lives. Because I think everybody life, everybody's life is like pretty unique and extraordinary. And we just get the idea that, oh, all these famous people, their lives are so amazing. But in reality, everybody's life's amazing. So it's just like a venue and an avenue for everyday people that I interact with to get on there and talk and me interview them. So I have my first episode up. I'm waiting for my second episode to validate on iTunes. It's on SoundCloud, but I don't I don't know how to get it to validate on iTunes. I'm so bad at tech. So, stuff, so tell people how they can find you. What's it called? It's called Mike's Ordinary Life. And you just go on iTunes or you go on SoundCloud and you just search Mike's Ordinary Life and it comes up and then you just play it. So <clears> that's really it. I think Mike is also worth a follow on Instagram too. If uh, you're looking for some entertaining content there as well. Yeah. I post pictures of when I was like a little fat kid. I'm a big fat kid now, <laughs> but like I got some like pretty sweet little fat kid pictures. And then, you know, I'll just post a picture of like dishes and stuff. It's pretty cool. I mean, it sounds, it sounds, it sounds way more entertaining when I say it out loud, you know, <laughs> 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 staggering <laughs> yeah it yeah. sounds awesome i'm gonna have to disagree pretty heavily with something you just said there about people having extraordinary lives because uh, i was in a doctor's waiting room this morning uh, and gma <laughs> was on the tv good morning america and honestly i've never seen such a lineup of vapid uninteresting people in my life it was soul crushing to have to listen to that but anyway we don't how so uh well actually just the, just the on-air talent? On-air or? talent was pretty lacking. I, I don't know their name, so I can't really comment. But uh, in fact, the thing that really grabbed me was whatever the show after GMA is with um, Ryan Seacrest and that Kelly Bird. Ryan Seacrest is not funny and not interesting to watch. I don't know how. Heck no, that guy sucks. How has he made a career in mass media for like 20 years or something? Because he's been on American Idol for like 15 of those years, like just talking about nothing. That dude lucked out because he could not make a really? career in anything else. All right. So this is coming from a guy with um, who is certainly follically challenged. But really to be considered successful, and this is not from a place of bitterness, but to be considered successful and be a celebrity, I feel like you, all you have to do is like slick your hair a certain way. And if you're good, if you're bad, the hair distracts from everything. So it doesn't matter if you're bad. You have, look at look at the cowlick he's got yeah. going on, right? <laughs> Do you know what? I'm honestly <laughs> reflecting back over my own life and considering good haircut years versus bad haircut years, and you might be onto something there. Things have definitely looked up since I got this new haircut. Dude, your wife Maybe. posted a picture, a throwback of you from ten years ago, oh, and you've man. definitely gotten better with age. You looked ridiculous. Let's put that on the Twitter. <laughs> Let's put that on. I really appreciate your honesty, Stemler. Yeah, you're welcome. You know, that was some unsolicited honesty. Yeah, that was. I, I'm going to defend myself. That was a, a really bad hair day. 
But uh, I mean, I don't see how how it could have gotten better. <laughs> what could you have done different? I mean, you just it just looked like you know it just was there. Now you got like this thing going. Like honestly, right now you probably could be Ryan Seacrest with how you do your hair and your accent. You're primed to be like a talk show host on TV. <laughs> I, I'm just going to throw uh, to some of our El Paso listeners because I know I've got a few. <laughs> 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 Hear me out, boys. I know we've got a few people from the old El Paso days where that photo was taken 10 years ago who uh, who remember me from that, from those uh, bad hair days. And they've stuck with me. So I just wanted to give a public shout-out to the people who've seen me through the bad years. Yeah. Tomo yeah. And, uh, hey, John, tell us what's going on with you, man. What have you been up to in the new year? Uh. Not really much. Um, I guess uh, we had a bunch of family roll through. Our family doesn't live in town. Um, so we had a bunch of family come through over the holidays, which was actually, it was really nice. It was a lot of fun. And um, we're adjusting um, to life with a three-month-old. Um, and actually, it's worth mentioning that Ivester is not with us. His wife is expecting at any moment. So um, the, since no one else will listen to the podcast, we have to like create <laughs> listeners. We literally have to create listeners. To this right. podcast. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's creating his third for us. Perfect. <laughs> Nailed it. That's three, that's three plays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I just looked on our Twitter page and there are eight people that should be embarrassed that they're following. That's us. That's awesome. I think three of them are uh, recording the third episode right now. <laughs> Dude, we have 10. Who, we have 10. Who wants to be the ninth pool? <laughs> we have 10 followers on Instagram and no pictures. So, I mean, I think that's doing pretty that's good. That's actually a pretty solid ratio of pictures to followers. <laughs> like a 20% uh, larger following. Oh, that's that pretty is, good. Yeah, there you go. We're moving up. Yeah. It's awesome. Very good. All right, lads. John, just before we jumped on and started recording, uh, Mark and I were just catching up a little bit and I mentioned how a guy I went to high school with is into powerlifting now and he put a uh, Facebook video up the other day of him doing some kind of complicated lift thing in the gym like he was recording himself and, and the dude legit passed out from a standing position and just fell right on over, cold on his ass. And uh, anyway, it was funny at the time, but what's even funnier is he's just shared a clipping now on Facebook of how some gym page has shared his video and he's got 296,000 views. Isn't that staggering? I'm like so famous by association, I guess. He, that's that's bizarre. So is this like a source of pride for him? Well, like, is he rolling with it? Hey, I'm viral. Well, what he said is, guess I'm famous now, sideways crying face, sideways crying face. So I think he's happy about it, but I'm not really sure. But uh, out of that little anecdote that I shared with Stemler, he uh, he brought up something that I think will slide in nicely to Mike's story of the week. So we're going to throw it over to hear this uh, installment of Mike's story of the week. All right. So here's my whole thing with viral videos. A little fact about Mike, about me, is that I'm actually in a viral video and um this whole this viral video has 5.4 million views on YouTube. How do I find it? Tell me what to search. Okay. I'm looking right now. Literally go onto YouTube and type in Groom Surprises Bride with Dance. Third third video down. You're going to see a little kid and then my friend, my best friend to the left of him. And so, let me explain this video. So me and my good friend Brian Oakley, this is my friend Phil and we're um we're in his wedding and so like they're like there's this there's this uh game on the Wii it's called Just Dance and it has dance moves you do right and so there's this one direction song 
um, what makes you beautiful. And there's a whole dance routine to it. And so like me and my friend were there at the wedding and like, dude, I take some pride in my dance. I'm a, I'm a pretty good dancer. And so is my friend, Brian. And so we get, we're getting ready for this wedding. Like I'm talking like an hour before we have to go to the venue. And then the, the best man, the brother, my uh, friend's brother-in-law comes up to us and he's like, Hey, you guys are ready to do the dance routine. Right. And we're like, huh? Dance routine. He's like, Oh my gosh, I didn't tell you guys all the groomsmen <laughs> and the groom are going to do a dance routine for the bride. It's going to be a surprise. And we're like, you've got to be kidding me. So like me and my friend have to learn this dance routine like in an hour. So if you actually watch the video and you see me and my friend, we, we, we look like jackasses. Cause like, we don't know the routine because every, all the other groomsmen like been practicing it for days, but we didn't know it. But anyway, the reason I found out this was a viral video, my aunt emailed me or, or texted me or something was like, Oh my gosh. Like I saw you in this video and she doesn't know my friend at all. I was like, how in the world did you see me? And it, come to find out she followed a wedding blog for this girl up in New Jersey. And she reposted this video. And at that time it had like a hundred thousand views. And I was like, are you kidding me? And it's just grown and grown and grown and grown. And it's got four, 5.4 million views, but here's the crazy part about it. My friend hasn't seen one cent from this freaking video. Nothing. <laughs> 5.4 million views, no income generated at all. And I'm just saying my point is what I was talking to Jensen about before uh, we started recording is like for his friend who's got 200 and something thousand views, it's not generating any income for that guy, for his friend. Just like this, not, this isn't generating any income, but YouTube gets to use this video to in generate income. But then the people in the video get no cut of it. Just like Matt's friend, he's the he's in the video, but he's getting no revenue generated from that video. But these people who just repost videos on their feeds, because I'm sure that's what the gym video is on, like yeah. these accounts like funning and gym fails or whatever, they just repost videos that get sent to them. But And so these accounts have 300,000, 500,000 followers, and they get – they get sponsors and all this stuff and they, that's how they make money. But the people in the video get no money. And I just don't understand. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like the people in the video are the ones who created the content. How do they not get the money? So for example, I asked my friend about it. I was like, dude, why don't you get any money from this? Because the song isn't his song. It's one direction song. It doesn't generate any income. So like, let's just say, for example, there was an original song that he wrote that was in this video. He would get money from it. If the background music was his original song, that's, that's the only way he would get money. Yeah. Right. Which is interesting, but you <laughs> see the video on there, right? It's the third one down. No, the third one down's only got 44,000 views. Oh, so you don't see it, it says groom surprises bride with dance. And then it, it on mine, it's the third one down. What's the, um, what's the Philip username? James films, one L P H I L I P. Oh, because I see the one with two L's. I'm still looking for... Is there one with two L's for real? <laughs> no. <laughs> Some people spell with two L's or whatever. I don't know. All right, I see, yeah, I see it. I see it. All right. We're going to have to link to that in the show notes or something, John. Uh, mostly mostly for me because I can't find it. But uh, <laughs> that, does, that does not sound like it passes the rich dad, poor dad test. You know, if you're not making money from it, what's the point? Yeah, I agree. If you're not making money, don't even do anything. That's what I say. <clears throat> It's all about the that. Of, <laughs> the spirit of volunteerism is alive and well. I just typed it in the chat so you can click on it. No, oh, good man. Yeah. Technology, man. This stuff is nuts. It's wonky. 
<laughs> this podcast makes itself. So here I go. I clicked on the video and here comes up an ad from Cox.com that they paid YouTube to play on a video that I'm in. I'm not getting any cut of this. Man, Cox, this is solid. give me some this money. A, this is really good radio. I'm skipping, We're describing I'm videos for watching. I'm skipping the ad on purpose. There we go. There should be a way when you first upload a video – I'm pretty sure you should be able to go back in. There's a setting where you can choose to monetize a video. You got to tell your buddy about this, man. Or are you just looking out for yourself? You want to get some cash. I mean, from this let's be real, John. I'm just looking out for myself. I mean, come on. Hey, hey it is man. what it is. But he's got yeah, a kid to just, pay for now. Yeah. My friend has a kid to pay for too, but you know, screw him. Well, he's not part of the podcast. That's right. He's not important enough to be on there. Well, he's, he's actually, this- he'd actually be a really good podcast guest because he like owns his own film company and, all right. Well, we'll keep yeah. an eye out for that on Mike's Ordinary Life. Boom. Uh, we should also public, probably mention that uh, BK is not with us this evening. He's off uh, delivering innovative healthcare solutions <laughs> in another part of the country. So more power to him, but uh, our loss is their gain. He has a great story for later on in the podcast. <laughs> later, yeah, that's just another episode. That's, uh, that's just a little teaser for oh, uh, our, 10, uh, our 10 Instagram followers and nine and nine Twitter followers. Uber confessionals. Ooh, a new segment is, a new I, segment I is developed. Sitting on an upside down paint bucket rolling around in the back of that van. Gosh, <laughs> anyway, I've said too much. You said have to start much. taking Ubers. All right, what's up next? Mate, uh, I thought we'd just throw it to a bit of Matt's medicine cabinet. All We're right. only going to do one term tonight. Uh, just keep it. it a little bit snappy, but are you ready? You got your thinking caps on? No, but I'm ready. All right, here we go. The word is inotropy. Oh I know my tropey. god, dude! I feel like I need to know what tropey means. Like I've heard it so many times, but I I have no clue what it means. Tropey's got to be some kind of like procedure. I feel like because I've heard it used several times. All right, I'm going to take a tr- a crack at it. Are you I, thinking of like entropy? Is that what you're thinking of? I don't know what I'm thinking of, Matt. I have no clue because <laughs> I don't know. I don't <laughs> work in the healthcare world. How dare I presume? Yeah, I know tropey. I know tropy. Can you give me a spelling? Is it I-N-O? I-N-O-T-R-O-P-Y. Inotropy. It's a procedure that has to do yeah. with the fusing of ions inside the cells. <laughs> Mate, that is solid. Nailed it. I appreciate it. So I think I think that tropy is it's a a condition, not a procedure. I think it's a um Let's see. I know trope. I N O. You said it starts with I N O. Correct. I N O. Oh, that's easy. That's whenever you uh, have to do surgery to uh, some nerves, and you accidentally connect the nerves to uh, the wrong thing, and so therefore your left, the left side of your brain, then controls the left side of your body. So everything is backwards now. Mate, you got it one hundred percent. Well done. Did you Google that? That is not it. Um, <laughs> good, good try. <laughs> I should have used it in a sentence to make it easier for you. Here's the sentence I would have used. Dude, check out that inotropy. <laughs> All right. So inotropy is the uh, strength of contraction of the heart muscle. There you go. Strength of contraction of the heart muscle. Hey, I'll tell you what. We were both close. You were. Both of you were <laughs> millimeters away. <laughs> 
I, I feel like it's just become who can yeah. be the most outrageous. I think that was always the intention. Oh my gosh, dude. But uh, Mike, that's something you can use at three ships CrossFit. Boom. Man, my inotropy is off the chain right now. Boom. That one yeah. kicked my inotropy. Dude, you're throwing out plugs left and right. You're throwing you're you're just giving me all sorts of avenues. I mean, if I don't pick up at least one of our ten followers to to do something, I mean, I don't know what's going on. Well, here's the honest truth. Here's another plug. I just read the uh, the bestseller book, Barefoot Investor. So I'm all about trying to monetize stuff for you right now, mate. Thank you. I've, uh, what is that book about? It sounds sweet. Mate, it's pretty good. It's, uh, it's a book about how to succeed financially just using common sense strategies, mostly around compound interest and uh, long-term index fund usage. So what you're telling me is you read a book about how to not be stupid. Because it's, exactly, it's yeah. common it's, sense strategies. <laughs> In in fact, the font is like twenty two size, you know, <laughs> and there's a lot of empty spaces on the page. It's really for dumb people, but it's great. That I sounds like a, that sounds like a book for me, man. I'll let you read it with ten pages of uh, black and white photos right in the middle of the book. Mate, you have you read it? <laughs> it no, sounds like it sounds like you have. Are there really pictures in the book? No, that well, would be no. that would be awesome if there were. No. But uh, if anybody out there is struggling with uh, their financial situation, I highly recommend Barefoot Investor by Scott Page. Is it better than Rich Dad Poor Dad? It is. Yeah, I think Rich Dad Poor Dad is stupid. I think it's overrated, man. That was the first finance book I read. That's the first and, finance uh, book anybody reads, and then they're like, "I'm going to get a house and I'm going to rent it out." That's what everybody says when they after they read it. I'm going to create. Which is often, a, I'm going to create a terrible decision. Yeah, I'm going to create income properties. Like, okay, no, yeah. no, you're not. <laughs> So if you read Rich Dad Poor Dad and thought it was great, throw it away. Buy Barefoot Investor, twelve dollars on Amazon Prime. You'll thank me. Is it is it as good as Radical, that Christian book with the house upside down? Oh man, I haven't read Radical. I haven't either. Just out of protest of me being cynical about it. <laughs> well, that's an outstandingly good review of the book. I appreciate you weighing in. <laughs> it's like that book that's like. Sell all your possessions and like live for Jesus. We're going to be radical. Like that's, that's oh man, that sounds like that. Uh, oh man, I should not have brought this up because I can't remember any of the details. But you remember that radical revolution book or whatever that came out like ten years ago? No. With the sojourners? No. no. Don't know what I'm talking about. Dude with the dreadlocks moved to Iraq to protest the war. No. Okay. Moving along. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you guys ready for our serious question of, of the evening? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's bring it. Let's All right. It. So this one is actually a question I've been thinking about for probably a couple of years now and I'm still unable to clearly articulate the question the way I want to, but I'm going to give it a go. And the question is thus, are the personal and private lives of athletes important and relevant to the fans and viewers? And I'm going to give a little bit of context here, right? So I asked this question because one of my favorite golfers to watch is Tiger Woods, right? Dude's an unbelievable athlete. He hasn't really done anything in the last eight years, but still, you know, he might, and he might be at the beginning of another reinvention here, but we can get into that later. And I'm sure nobody needs a reminder, you know, but this dude, his fall from grace began when it was found out that he'd had these extramarital affairs with more than a dozen women and blew up his marriage and destroyed his family unit lost like seven sponsorships and endorsement, a bunch of money. In fact, I was reading online before the, the before the podcast recording, one uh, study from 2012 or something estimated he lost between 5 and $12 billion for the companies he was uh, endorsed by when, uh, when the whole thing came out. 
Now, you know, he's had, what, like four back surgeries over the last couple of years, had a couple of really bad rounds, fell out of the spotlight. He's now just coming back. But the question I'm, I'm asking really is, was his disastrous decision-making in his own personal life any of our business, you know? Should athletes be held up as role models in society? And should they be held to this, I wouldn't say high, but probably just normal ethical and moral standard? Or should we only be interested in hearing about the activities for which they're paid and sponsors, you know, their sporting activities? What do you guys think? Should I, should I, should I support Tiger Woods as an athlete? Uh, I, I mean, so, you know, um, Charles Barkley had that famous quote, like, I'm not a role model or whatever, you know? Um, I mean, I just, I feel like I agree with that. Like, they're not role models. Society makes them into what they aren't. You know what I'm saying? Now, can there be, can there be famous athletes who impact the communities in a positive way? Like, yeah, of course. And that's awesome if that's what they choose to do. But I honestly just feel like if they, if like their job is not to be a role model, I mean, you know, their job is to perform in the athletic capacities that they're getting paid for. Like, dude, like in the NFL, like I want to see you tackle people. I want to see you throw the ball 80 yards. Like that's what I'm, that's what I want to see. I don't really care what you're doing off the field. I just care about what happens on Sunday. And I think like a lot of like people, won't say that or I won't admit that to themselves because it's a hard thing to admit or whatever. But like, that's the reality. And for people to say that, like, they don't, they don't think that they are so, or like, Oh, you shouldn't support Tiger Woods. He's just a really extremely public person. Like there's so many people on so on so many NFL teams and NBA teams that do just shady crap all the time, but because you don't know about it, you don't care. You know, so it's like, I think at the end of the day, everybody really thinks it, but I think that like they have this standard for, for athletes that doesn't make sense to me. I don't, I don't get it. Like at the end of the day, they're there to perform an athletic sporting event and that's what I want them to do. And I mean, like, I don't really care what they do off the field. If they're going to benefit their communities and stuff, like, yeah, that's awesome. Great. I would rather have that than not have that, but should they be held to that standard? I don't think so. Yeah, it's like the, this NFL program is rated R or something. They have to put like a a rating on it. So, no, you know what I'm saying? For like kids that are watching this. So, it's – man, it's interesting that you use the Tiger Woods example because it's, it's – certainly it applies. But how it has evolved to now – obviously last year – the thing in the NFL was the anthem protests. And it will probably be something that goes on in, into the future. Now, that's a whole other can of worms that I guess we can't get into in one one podcast, let alone, you know, five minutes that we're going to talk about this. Anyway, I think that when you start, when, when athletes or celebrities, when they start voicing their opinions – that kind of opens them up to the criticism, right? You know, whether it's warranted or not. So these public figures, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they have an obligation to the public, but I guess it would help your cause. So like if I'm a bad dude and I'm playing in the NBA, there's a hilarious mental picture for you. 
But if I'm a bad dude and, you know, I'm elbowing guys and I'm a Dennis Rodman kind of guy, maybe a bad role model, I don't, I mean, if I'm getting paid and my team, my employer is okay with that, then what's the big deal? Uh-huh. Right? So <clears throat> I think like the other side of that though is I'll probably get more endorsements if I'm a good guy and I'm a clean guy and then I'll get this like money on the side over here that I don't have to rely on my actual playing career. So, I mean, I feel like you're more marketable from this from a selfish financial standpoint. I feel like it would be wiser to be a good dude and kind of be a clean cut, clean image kind of guy or gal. So it's just the tricky, these guys are public figures. So we hold them to a different standard, whether that's fair or not. Yeah, I, mean, I want to be in the NFL someday, but I don't want to be under a microscope all the time. You know, I just want to play football. So there was this guy, here's another example. There was a guy back home in Australia named Todd Carney who played in the National Rugby League and he lost his five-year, $3 million contract after footage emerged of him in the uh, bathroom of a nightclub bubbling. Are you lads familiar with that terminology? It basically means you try and pee into your own mouth. So, uh, (laughs) Clearly not the brightest bulb in the pack, right? So his obvious psychiatric issues aside, he lost his job and all endorsements and disappeared from public life after that. Should somebody be penalized in their professional work for something stupid they do on the weekend in a nightclub bathroom? Well, I think think here's the thing though. Here's the thing is like, Let's just use Tiger Woods for example. Then we'll go back to this the the bubbling guy. Tiger Woods he plays an individual sport, right? So he doesn't represent anything else besides himself. He represents Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is his brand. So for example, some brands didn't leave him. Nike didn't leave him. You know what I'm saying? Some brands didn't. Some brands did, but they're mm-hmm. they're selling their brand. You know what I'm saying? So like to me that makes sense. It's like, okay, like you can do whatever you want to do, but we can't be associated with that image. So we got to leave. So for example, in the NFL, whoever Cam Newton has his own brand, but also he represents a larger brand in the Carolina Panthers. Tom Brady represents the new England Patriots, whatever. So Mm -hmm. like if the Panthers are okay with what, with what Cam Newton is doing, then that's up to them to decide that, you know what I'm saying? So like, for example, if Cam Newton is to do something and a sponsor leaves him, like for example, when he said whatever he said about the female reporter and like the yogurt brand dropped him as a sponsor, that's the yogurt brand's choice. Obviously the Panthers organization were like, okay, they're not going to drop him as a quarterback at that point. You know what I'm saying? So the Panthers brand is okay with it. So I think the Tiger Woods thing and like a guy who plays for the team is different because he's representing a larger brand and an employer essentially. Now, this other guy who got dropped from a contract, was he playing on a team? He was, yeah. He was so, with I mean, the Cronulla Shops. So, to me, the team is like, it's a pu- you're a public figure, and it's like, okay, dude, we can't, be, we can't be seen with that image. Like, we're dropping you from our contract. And I think even the same thing goes to, like, into the news and stuff with politicians and stuff like that. Careers end because of, I mean, lately it's been all the sexual harassment stuff, obviously. But look at the stuff going on with Michigan State right now with all the stuff with the gymnast scandals and all that stuff. I mean, that's affecting the brand of Michigan state. So 
to me, if an employer decides like you're you've done something that's so bad publicly, it warrant you're damaging our brand. Whether you work in a financial district or district or a private sector or whatever, you work for blank and blank company that's just stationed here in Greenbrier. You work for Dollar Tree, and it's public enough where it's going to damage the brand and going to be like, hey, Dollar Tree represents us because they employ this person. Yeah, I think you should be able to lose your job. I think you should be able to get fired. If you're going to damage the larger brand, I think it's within the rights of the employer to fire that person. So I don't know, I don't know what your thoughts I are I think on that. The, first, the first question I have is why the heck is there a camera in the bathroom? That's kind of disturbing. And number two, I mean, he obviously broke the no bubbling clause in his contract. So I think that was completely justified. <laughs> I'll address both of those points there. Uh, <laughs> so he got rolled by his mate. His mate was filming him on his cell phone, posted it to social media, next minute okay. he's gone. But okay. uh, what you just said there about bubbling clause in his contract was actually my my kind of final question on my last follow-up. Is it an implicit agreement if you accept the job of professional athlete? Hey, Matt. Under Armour Senior Golf Game, they want to sponsor you. Is that an implicit, you are then accepting society's expectations of a role model? Should that not be implicit? Should it be explicit? Should it be written into a contract? I think that in some of these, um, you know, even go to like the Matt Lauer stuff that, that went down in NBC News. I think that most of these contracts these days, they'll have some sort of morality clause. And whether that clause is like, spelled out in like, you know, if it's adultery or, or whatever, you know, whatever the organization deems unacceptable for the morality clause, I think they can specify certain things or not. I think most contracts these days have those things. And it's pretty much up to the discretion of the employer. I, I mean, I'm, I don't study contracts or nor have I read a contract before, but I know that these things exist where it it's kind of a, a bailout for an organization if someone does something shady in a, in a bathroom. Yeah. Right. So, so I have a question. I have a, or more of just a statement kind of going off the role model thing. It's like, this is another thing that kind of frustrates me is it's like, you've got athletes up here talking about, Oh, I'm not a role model. I'm not a role model, whatever. And I think like a lot of athletes say that or probably think that, or like they'll do something stupid and then they'll go along the line and say, so they're like, well, I mean, like, I'm just an athlete. Like, why you shouldn't model your life after me? Like, that's your decision or whatever. But then, especially in the NFL, we have all these athletes that all of a sudden are like taking knees to be activists. And it's like, you need to take us serious. You need to take us whatever. Like, we're, we're more than athletes. We're more than athletes. And to me, that's like been one of the more frustrating things about the take the knee thing. It's just like, it just flipped all of a sudden. And it's like, Okay, like I, you, this whole time you've been living these crazy lives, and now all of a sudden you want to stand up for something and be like, "You need to take us serious. You need to take us serious. We're not just thugs. We're not just this. We're not just people on the field banging our heads together. We're people in the communities." And it's like before that, you were just you could justify doing whatever you wanted to do by saying like, "Well, I mean, I'm just a football player, or I'm just a basketball player, or I'm just this. I just go out there and I do this." And it's just like it switched all of a sudden. Like, I don't understand that whole thing. Like, and that to me is frustrating from this whole argument. It's like you can't have it both ways. Like, okay, you want us to take you take you serious when you want to stand up for something and be an activist. You need to live your life on a higher standard than doing whatever you want to do and just say I'm an athlete. You know what I'm saying? So I think that kind of like is what you're talking about, Jensen. It's like 
if you want to be an activist, you like, for example, Greg Olson, and I'm just using the Panthers because they're my favorite team, so I know a lot about them. Greg Olson is a huge fixture in the Charlotte community. Even Steve Smith, when he played for the Panthers, and he still is a fixture in the Charlotte community. I mean, they reach out and they do a lot for the community. And so it's like they hold them. So if, if Greg Olson says something, I'm going to listen to him. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like just because these guys are all taking knees now, like it's like, well, what have you really been doing in the community anyway before this point? And like I'm not saying you can't change. I'm not saying you can't do things now. But it's like all of a sudden we have everybody like taking a knee and standing up for what they believe in. But they haven't been there for the community ever before that. You know what I'm saying? It's like all of a sudden now they're about the community. So I think that for me personally, that's been something I've struggled with. It's like you can't have it on both. You can't have it both ways. If you're going to be taken seriously, you got to live your life in a serious manner and hold yourself to a higher standard. So I don't know what y'all think about that with the whole role model thing. It's just that's kind of the way I've always viewed it, you know. Yeah, I think uh, I think you made some interesting points there, Mike. Uh, and I think uh, if I could summarize what you said, it would be that if you're going to be uh, taking a knee on the field, you should be doing something uh, the rest of the week out in the community to actually try and make a difference rather than just just uh, talking the talk, so to speak. Yeah, pretty much. Outstanding. Well, lads, we're at 37 minutes. John, did you have any final thoughts about athletes as role models? I just think, I mean, we're all young dads, uh, or at least dads with young kids. And I think that it's hard to put everything in one category, but some of this comes down to parenting as well. If you see an athlete as a dad, if I see an athlete acting in a way that I wouldn't want my kid to emulate, would I let him buy his Jersey? Probably not. I mean, that's where like, I feel like the parental discretion comes into play too. Like that's a whole other conversation. I realize that, but I think that you do have to let these guys, athletes, celebrities, just the public figures in general, you have to let them live their lives to a degree. You may not agree with what they say, what they do. Um, some of the time, you may not agree with it all the time, but I think that it is our responsibility to kind of filter messages when it comes to the role model aspect of this we have to be dads that are kind of leading our kids in the right way that that we believe is the right way it may not may not be seen as the right way by others but uh, we can't complain about it and not do anything about it on our end either yeah i think that's really wise john and uh you know we're going to try and wrap this up here so i don't want to throw us off on another tangent but uh you know, there's also just the uh, the grace element of it as well, you know. Uh, for like Tiger Woods, I think it was Bubba Watson in an interview said that we have darkness inside of all of us, you know, and he's a human just trying to trying to live his life as well, uh, referencing Tiger Woods. And there's, there's something to that, you know. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And so as consumers of a sport or viewers of a sport, I think we need to recognize that, uh, you know, it's sure this dude screwed up his personal life and hurt an incredible amount of people, but... You know, if God has a plan for him and God can forgive him, then uh, maybe we should give him a second chance as well. So I guess the take home is if somebody wanted to give me a set of Nike golf clubs, I'd probably play with them. <laughs> the, uh, the good news, to, to finish on a bright note here for our listeners, the viral video of Mike dancing at a wedding with a bunch of other dudes in time and rhythm is uh, already posted to our Facebook page. So you've got something to look forward to there. 
uh, this has been two dudes and a mic representing four dudes and a mic and uh, we're already excited to talk to you another time have a good night